0: on this episode of the break in the game show i am joined by my buddy jeff hunt to be the substitute co-host on this episode and we are joined by Corey tulaba who is he does so much great work he does content creations for videos on on his film sessions where he breaks down college basketball players He has his own magazine, The Hardwood Herald. He has three or four different podcasts that we're going to talk about here on the show. It's one of the best shows I've had the privilege to do, and I just appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Break in the Game show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I'm your host, Stephen Gillespie, and joining me is Substitute co-host, good friend of mine. We've done a lot of work together at the Off the Ball Network. Jeff Hunt. Jeff, what's up, brother? How you doing?
1: I'm doing, I'm doing wonderful, man. It's great to be here. I like to be the Substitute co-host because I can, just like a Substitute teacher, I can be nice to everybody. No ramifications whatsoever.
0: That's right, and you still get paid all the same, right? So there we go. (laughs) All right, well, we have a wonderful show lined up for everybody today, but before we do that, we're going to go ahead and proceed with our newest sponsor of the Off the Ball Network, and that is Manscaped. Just want to remind everybody that support for Breaking the Game is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners today that's 20% off, plus free shipping with the code BTG, which we know stands for Breaking the Game, at manscaped.com. Jeff, it's great to be sponsored by Manscaped. It is. It's great to have you here on the show, but let's go ahead and introduce our special guest for the evening. That is Mr. Corey of the Hardwood Herald. Corey, what's up, brother?
2: What's happening, fellas? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Dude, we're excited to have you. Corey, I got to tell you, I've kind of always... I don't want to sound creepy or anything, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm kind of creepy guy. But um, <laughs> I've kind of kept up with you and stuff like that on social media. I have your magazine, the first issue that you made of the Hardwood Herald. its If you can see, it's hanging up behind me oh, on yeah, my wall here. Right by Slam Magazine and um you know love the issue we're gonna get into kind of your influences and stuff like that and co-host jeff you're a big fan of his podcast right
1: oh yeah yeah i'm a big fan of the first of all nothing but netflix uh is one of the one of the greatest podcasts out there <laughs> if anybody wants to catch up on that uh you know i've, I've got the uh, i've got the magazine over there myself uh you're very interactive on twitter uh you and larry did a great show you know this year during the nba bubble huge fan.
2: Appreciate Absolutely, it guys. you guys got some good art in there. Not you know, besides the magazine, Jeff, that's the good stuff behind you. I, I
1: thought you might like that, man. I, 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 I thought that might catch your eye.
0: Yeah, Jeff. We Jeff and I also do like a comic book based podcast called Setting the Screen, where he's more of the host, and I'm I'm the Jeff on that show right now. He's
2: so just it's the dream team. <laughs>
0: It's a dream team. we And we're glad that we got you together, man, because you have a lot of great stuff going on with, with the Hardwood Herald, with all of your shows. You create a lot of content, too, like your film sesh videos are really informative. But before we get into talking more about that, I want to ask you just about like your, your sports fan experience, kind of where you're from, how you grew up, and just kind of I want to understand what has influenced you to get you where you are today. I know that you're taking more and more big steps, but before you get big time, man, I wanted to get you here on the show and, and, and learn a little bit more about you.
2: Yeah, so I'm from New York. Um, so my fandom, as far as sports goes, is pretty much New York across the board, except for Hoops, where I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. Uh, you know, I was born in 86, so that was a good year in New York sports. Uh, Mets won the World Series, Giants won the Super Bowl. Um, but... You know, all those other sports, like I I I love football every Sunday. You know, I get my Chipotle, you know, then I'll watch the Giants, me and Larry. Um, But there was something about basketball the first time I watched it. And it was June 19th, 1993, game six of the NBA finals. I don't know. It just captivated me in a way that I can literally recall where I was. I was like six and a half years old or, you know, almost seven years old. And I remember, you know, my grandparents' furniture in the room. I watched it. I remember just watching the ending, the fourth quarter of that game, where Michael Jordan scored every single point except for the game winner. And then John Paxson hit the game winning shot. And uh, I I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, You know, the the intensity of the game, the celebration at the end of it. And I'm not even going to lie. I was so just enamored with the game that whoever won that particular game, I, that's who I was going to rock with, I think. So I was okay. like this close to being a Phoenix Suns fan, um, you know, and partly because of that, I, I was drawn to the, those Phoenix Suns jerseys. Um, mm. You know, like those, those are some of my favorite jerseys of all time. I love those, you know, Charles Barkley. Uh, I couldn't have gone wrong, um, you know, no, whatever not. way, no. <laughs> you know, whichever way it had gone luckily for me, I guess, or unluckily depending on what time timeframe uh, of the fandom the bulls won, and, you know, one of the best teams ever. And, you know, it's funny because right after that, the bull, you know, Jordan retires, right? So Jordan retires. I'm from New York. The Knicks are actually better than the bulls <laughs> going into my basketball fandom. So it would have been easy to just jump ship and, mm-hmm. you know, follow the rest of my teams. The, you know, the St. John's red storm, the, the Rangers, the giants. Uh, but I stuck with the bulls and, you know, I've stuck with them ever since. And you know, they're they're the uh the one consistent in my life. I feel like they taught me about relationships and heartbreak and uh <laughs> you know, like and all Some the good
0: deep stuff, stuff Corey. Yeah,
2: man. <laughs> no, well, that, I mean, go ahead, Jeff. That's
1: great. No, that's I was gonna say, that's a great story. I'm also a Bulls fan. And so just to hear Corey tell, you know, I was I'm I'm a little older. I was actually on our senior trip after graduating. During that game, we watched that game <laughs> at Myrtle Beach. Like every every other kid from Ohio, we go to Myrtle Beach after we graduate. We watched that game though. We took the night off, and um, you know, there's probably it. However many guys were supposed to be in the hotel room, there was ten more than that. And we, watched <laughs> that we watched that game that night, and um, you know, Paxson makes the shot. The rest is history. So that was. I appreciate you bringing that up, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great memory. It's a great yeah. memory. For sure. It,
0: it really is. And I feel like it's an important part of who we are as basketball fans. Right. Like basketball. We hear it described as, you know, the beautiful game. Right. Like there's other sports that have said that about themselves, too. But I truly feel like and, and you see it in the way that, you know, just culture in general is has been entrenched in the basketball because I feel like of how global it's become you know, all the influences that everyone from all over the world can bring into it and share it together. It's a beautiful game in that aspect, too. And then just the way that the game has kind of grown and evolved and has become more and more skillful. I'm not going to say better because I don't want to upset people. And I'm not going <laughs> to say worse because I don't want to <laughs> upset people. It's just changed. It's a lot different, Jeff, from when you first started compared to like. When, when Corey watched, I was born in 90, Corey, so I did get to see a little bit older Jordan yep. right, play some play some basketball. And I grew up being a, a Phoenix Suns fan because they had my guy Joe Johnson when I really started watching and paying <laughs> oh, attention man. to football. So I saw Joe, I'm from the state of Arkansas, so he's a r- real big influence on, on me and my sports fandom as well. But, yeah, um, I,
2: look, I saw Joe, man. he like I said I live in New York so those Nets teams you know Iso yeah. Joe is you know he was one of the guys on those net teams um so I I also loved Iso Joe w- with Phoenix and I you know I got to say they they don't let him get away I mean Sun's got to win at, uh, at least one and I think probably multiple titles you know that that one hurt them for um, for
1: sure I'll- I'll never, it's, it's, th- that's one of those franchises I'll never get past that somehow they didn't get a championship in that, in that run, uh, back then. I, I, I still, I'm like, what happened? Um, well, I know what happened, but right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we know what happened. The uh, business Schottmire, part of basketball I mean, took two steps too far, but, what, yeah. it doesn't matter now. <laughs> but still, it's just always something odd about it. And just so you know, Corey, I, uh, I had to, Privilege, I guess you would say, to hang out with Charles Barkley for about five hours one night in Vegas. And I mean, hang out. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making this up Just to make you feel better. He is actually as good a dude. To hang out with as you think he is, so you would not have went wrong with that. I was
2: yeah uh, disappointed. Uh, I'm sure you, there is probably some stuff you can't can't say on camera Most from that it. night, right? Most, uh, <laughs> we're Charles Barkley story. <laughs> story. I mean, the Charles yeah. Barkley
1: story is historic. We're both fans of DMX. Uh, it, it it was uh, it was a <laughs> legendary night, and uh, he was a couldn't have been a uh, cooler guy.
0: I would pay money to listen to Charles Barkley rap a DMX song. I would. Would you would.
1: There. It was. It's as funny as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then,
0: and Probably better. I
1: don't want to get. I don't want to get too deep into the Stephen shows. It was a good night. <laughs>
0: well, i sorry. Night. Well, we'll have to have him back on just specifically for the Charles Barkley story. <laughs> All right, Corey. So now we understand. Right? You're growing up when you first start watching. You know, you're entrenched in New York. You know, teams other than the Chicago Bulls. I mean, if you grew up in that era, it was impossible to not become a Michael Jordan fan. I mean, he's yeah. just the best player doing it maybe ever. I mean, that's disputed by some. We won't get into that now, but so you're a fan of basketball and you're growing and you start eventually getting to the point to where you want to not only become a fan of the game, but you want to analyze the game. So how do you come into doing that? Because you have a lot of great, you know, content that you produce on many different mediums and things like that. So how do you get to the point to where you say, you know what? I know a lot about basketball. I love basketball. How do I become more involved other than just being a fan?
2: Yeah, you know what? It's always something that I think every kid who's a fan of sports wants to do once they hit that point when they're like, all right, I guess I'm not going to be in the NBA or the NFL <laughs> or, or whatnot, right? Like yeah, there's there's the two kind of moments where you go, all right, so I could either coach or <laughs> I can, you know, go into like the analyst side of it. Um I remember, you know, vividly, like just waking up every morning before school and watching SportsCenter, you know, and and that was like routine. Like you wake up early for like I wasn't going to wake up early for no reason. I needed to know, you know, this is pre Internet. um, And even when the Internet kind of. Was good enough that you could access it fairly easy. It was still not at the point that it's at now, where you could just nowhere like, near <laughs> reach for your phone and look at it. So it was like you needed to look at the bottom ticker to see the scores, and then there were all the personalities that you got on those classic sports centers from you know the the '90s and and the early 2000s, and it, that always drew me, um, you know, as something that I guess I would love to do. I didn't know if it was like, I didn't think that that was ever a possibility. Um, You know, I think the internet has really leveled the playing field a lot. I mean, I think one, I don't think I had very good guidance counselors when I was in high school. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you know, they certainly didn't understand the power of the internet. I mean, I think had, I kind of understood the power of the internet earlier, which honestly I should have, because I was making like, Four to five hundred dollars a week on eBay when I was thirteen selling Mm. Ratnix tapes. So I should have understood the power of the internet (laughs) a little bit more. uh, About
1: that sometime.
2: Wow. Yeah, yeah, believe me, I (laughs) I've been uh, been hustling since since middle school. Lollipops, Pokemon cards. I was doing it all.
0: Oh, Pokemon Uh, (laughs) cards. I mean, that was practically currency.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I had yeah I had a plug for that. So beanie um, (laughs) babies. (laughs) I was doing all of them, man, and uh, yeah, I I think. you know, if, if I had an adult in my life that had a little bit of foresight and been like, you know what? You, if you think you could do this, like go for it, like go to journalism school, whatever. Like, I think I would have probably pursued that. But, you know, I, I went to college, did that whole thing, got a teaching degree. Um, But, you know, I was fortunate enough. Uh, and I guess this is kind of, you know, an intro to how I got into creating content. Um, but I was fortunate enough to grow up with a bunch of guys who were in a band that did um you know pretty well for themselves they're they're still around to an extent and and their lead singer actually has a new project um they just got signed to to sony and he's a songwriter he he does a lot of stuff in nashville with country artists um but i grew up with all of these kids that were really creative Mm -hmm. and you know i didn't play music you know i never really had like the urge to play music because i was into sports and like i liked skateboarding um i was into like punk rock and skateboarding i want i would i could have been tony hawk or michael jordan if you like gave me a uh you know a path i would have liked to be either um but i got to grow up with these guys creatively and i was always into art and you know i you know i think if you're familiar with me and my my style of art you see you Mm -hmm. know bright colors and stuff it was all forged and built through my working relationship with my friends um so i started designing t-shirts and uh stage banners and all this stuff and eventually i started going on tour with them and you know i got to i went on tour for most of my 20s you know from uh going from a 18 passenger van to a tour bus you know um like the the whole the whole journey and Mm -hmm. Uh, that's kind of how I started creating content. I started, I got into fashion. I designed, um, you know, I I was like the creative director for like a, kind of like a streetwear label for, you know, a a long time. Um, and then, you know, but the thing that always drew me was basketball. Like that was always the thing that I was most passionate about. Uh, and then, you know, Larry and I, you know, a few years ago, um we were like yo maybe we should do like we should try a podcast or whatever and this is again this is like pre-zoom era Mm
0: -hmm. pre
2: you know pre all that and we were just like recording into like a cell phone like raw (laughs) no no edits like any any music we were literally playing youtube and holding our phone up um and you know we were we were doing this this clothing line thing and that kind of took up most of our time so the the sports thing fizzled out a little bit but Uh, you know amongst all of this stuff going on at some point I started coaching uh, varsity basketball and you know I've been doing that for about eight years now and it got to a point where I was just like you know what I gotta stop making excuses because like I know the game I know creatively like I have you know I'm gonna bring something different to the table Mm -hmm. I just gotta do it you know i stopped stopped putting it off and a couple of years ago i just decided to go for it um with the with the basketball thing and uh at first it, i was just writing a lot you know i didn't know how to edit video you know i, I wasn't i i started editing video honestly a little over a year ago um yeah wow. you know so like i just i just decided to you stop could never it. tell you could
0: never <laughs> I, tell i, I thought it. you like went to school for this or something no
2: no i just look it, i'll a little secret like tools of the trade let me get a pen game, and paper hang for, on. for video, yeah, I <laughs> for, video <laughs> for video editing you gotta keep things simple you mm-hmm. know like the the key for me is like i've been designing like doing graphic design for like 20 years so and only as a hobby i never went to school or anything like that like literally growing up on message boards learning how to you know use photoshop and whatever like all doing like diy um but like with video stuff, as long as like the graphics look good,
0: mm-hmm.
2: the, the editing part, like that's easy. The, that's the simpler, the better. You just got to get like the, the graphics on point. Uh, so that's kind of why all my stuff looks good. I'm not doing anything too crazy, uh, you know, um, as far as video ed- editing. Um, although, I, you know, like anything else, you get better and more comfortable every day. And yeah. I've had some projects that I worked on that have been challenging and it pushed me and have made me a better editor um but yeah like i said a couple years ago i just decided i gotta just gotta stop and started writing said you know what i want to do video um try i just figured it out on the fly and then you know with the podcast and stuff i was like you know what like stop putting it off like you just got to do it like just figure it out you don't know how to do it well if you don't start doing it you're probably not going to learn so just do it and that's you know that's been my mentality and honestly yeah the past couple of years i started the hardwood herald at the end i think of 2019 or the draft cycle of 2019 um and then yeah it's been it's been an awesome experience ever since yeah Yeah,
0: you you do such a great job with with pretty much everything that i've seen and now that (laughs) i'm hearing like you you do clothes you do graphic design like why didn't you just start trying an instrument? I'm sure you'd be great at that too, right? Like, just yeah, you-
1: run stuff to be good at. Yeah,
0: Look, I, I
2: play. I, you know what? It's just it was. I, I thought at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm gonna actually learn how to play an instrument. Uh, instrument finally, you know, like all my friends, <laughs> yeah, they would right. always, they'd always be like, uh, you know, I'll teach you. Like, you know, like I bought a bass. I learned a few songs. Like, I it was, I was just like, this is gonna take me so long. I just, I just put it off. Um. And plus I got a big ego. I, I would have been a singer anyway. I would, I can't be, oh, you, you know, go. in an instrument. So,
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Flea's a bass guitarist and he's, yeah. he's, he's he iconic. <laughs> he is for sure. <laughs> but
1: but t- so a couple of things that you, know, you touched on there, that is exactly what, like, you know, I I'm a little older than Corey. I, I was born 10 years before that. So I grew up through, you know, the, uh, the eighties. And, uh, Corey, a lot of his graphics really touch into the, um, you know, the NBA jam kind of thing, mm-hmm. the, that style. And that's what drew me to it. Like is literally the graphics, I saw it and I'm like, me and this guy got something in common, like whatever, whatever he's selling, I'm buying. So it's really <laughs> cool to, you know, to hear him talk about it and like the creation of like, yeah, that's how he got me. But it's, but it's something that's a little odd is for you to have such an artistic brain and such a basketball brain brain like that's not they don't always jive like that like most mm-hmm. artistic friends like and it's not a negative or whatever they're just like oh, i'm not really into sports or whatever but yeah. they see the world different as to where i see it in in time and lines and putting a ball in a hoop like that's how my you know i'm a carpenter by trade that's how my brain works so to have both of those man it's pretty fascinating to to, to hear how you know how artistic you are but also your eye for the game that we'll talk about here in a little bit that's that's pretty amazing stuff
2: Yeah. Well, I I think it's just circumstance. I think I was lucky, you know, like I grew up, like I said, with a lot of creative friends, you know, I I grew up with guys that like, we, we toured the world, we've gone to different countries, you know, they're playing sold out shows to people that, you know, I can't understand what they're saying. Uh, And they have that same creative mind and I got to hang out with them, but then I would go to basketball practice, you know, so I got to hang out with everybody and, you know, I, it's definitely, help shape me a lot in my perspective on the world, you know, the, the things that I'm into the kind of realizing you could be into so many different things. You don't have to just be into one thing. Um, yeah. And you can be good at multiple things. And sometimes those skills overlap and and those skills help you because all of my style, like you said, you know, NBA jam, all like, literally I'm just taking my style. I think it's what differentiates me where you look at a lot of, Design in in the sports realm, and it's it's clean, it's yep. it's very crisp. Everybody's trying to kind of get that ESPN look. That's me, um, you know. Which and for me, I'm just taking what I liked about growing up as like a kid of the '90s. Or you know, to one of the biggest creative influences I have is Back to the Future. It's you know my favorite movie ever. Okay. Um, so and punk rock and and the the things that I was doing for these bands you know bright colors in your mm-hmm. face things that you notice from a distance um and just meshing the worlds together but again it's circumstance you know I I could have you know I met these kids working a job when I, I was working security I mean I'm <laughs> no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, have been you know, they, they just, stuck, they just stuck me out there to make sure kids weren't, sneaking you in. Confidence. you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I met these kids because I worked at a go-karting place that was putting on punk rock shows. This is great. It's just circumstance, you know, it's, it's serendipity. So if I don't go that direction, I don't know if I have the same design chops because that gave me a reason to extend beyond just making forum signatures on the computer. Then I was actually doing it for a purpose, you know, and, you, you work at something long enough, you know, you get pretty good at it. To, to me, what you're
1: describing as like everything you're describing, you're kind of describing hip hop to me. Like if you mm. if you listen, if you the history of hip hop, you're kind of describing that like you don't have to pick and choose. Like you start meshing things together and and ideas and colors and, and, and things like that. And like that's how it sounds like like that's how my mind I see hip hop. And that's kind of how I grew up, you know, in a totally different area. And in rural Ohio, I was the opposite. You know you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I didn't have enough culture, but then when you start blending the country and the, uh, and the things like that, and then you start, you know, then I, you know, we play basketball, like that was, it's a, it's, in in the area I grew up, it's a religion and it's still the same connection. And then you, you just talk to more people and more people and blending. So it's like, it's, it's really cool to hear you describe the development, you know? Yeah. Well, well, look,
2: hip hop and and punk rock share so many similarities, you you know, know, like the, the origins of them, the, you know, the like, f you like doing yep. things my way like yep. telling telling a story of where i came from you're coming from two different places but uh and that's why you know like for me i loved hip-hop too i'm from new york like i grew up you know oh. listening to hip-hop the first records i bought were nirvana and uh the wu-tang clan like i bought there those you together go. you know like perfect. <laughs> so i as How a come kid they and, couldn't
0: collaborate you know like <laughs> i mean that's a whole different podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> that would have changed music forever. But Corey, man, it's cool to listen to about how all these different influences, and things like that, and how they shaped you. I just want to remind the listeners that if you want to shape yourself, you should go to Manscaped.com Absolutely. and type in BTG for your promo code. Manscaped has hooked me up. I know they've hooked Jeff up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their perfect package 3.0 kit. They've created the best ball hair trimmer ever with the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I am now more confident in shaving my boys because of this. In addition, the tri- this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave, and it is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. And don't use the trimmer that you use on your face for your balls. That's just nasty. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0 kit, which comes with everything you need to keep trim, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. Manscaped threw in two free gifts into their perfect package. A pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. And a travel uh, shed bag to keep all your grooming goodies. Trim that junk of of yours. Keep 20% off and free shipping with the code BTG at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Thank you for putting up with the ad read there, Corey, and we can move on with the rest of our show here. So we talk about all your influences. Let's get into more of the specific parts with some of your podcasts. Now, you have a couple of different ones. Some of them are video. You have your audio, obviously, too. So what are some of the podcasts that you have and what makes each one of them special from the other ones?
2: Yeah, so... uh the current podcast that I have right now and kind of in preparation for the NBA draft season, I think a lot of people that follow me, follow me for my NBA draft analysis. That's kind of like my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called, it's called the draft deck. And it's basically kind of a play on how we talk about prospects um, as well as the stock market. You know, we talk about prospects uh, rising in stock, you know, if they have a bad game, we're dropping them down on our board. So we talk about risers, fallers, uh, and just kind of get into, you know, a new prospect, you know, try to get into a new prospect every week, really in depth. So if you don't have time to visually, uh, get a feel on a prospect, you know, you can listen on your ride to work, whatever, and still kind of be prepared for the draft. And with March madness coming up, uh, I think we're going to get some good content out of that, uh, we also do uh, nothing but Netflix. We've kind of taken a little bit of break. I kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to rework it a little bit. Uh, Death misses make, nothing, make but it better. Yeah, nothing but Netflix. Yeah. Nothing but Netflix. Nothing but Netflix might be my crowning achievement as far as naming something. Um, it's a uh, basketball movie rewatch podcast, um, kind of self-explanatory. I, I was, Again, we did about eight episodes uh, during the pandemic. We're going to bring it back oh. eventually. And uh yeah, it, we're, we're, we're gonna make it we're yeah, we're gonna make it better. We're gonna make it better than, than before, which it was it was solid before. It was solid before, but we're gonna there make you it better. It before. Um and then uh I'm launching actually probably this maybe this weekend, maybe this week, cool. we're gonna record cool. the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh Jeff, you mentioned NBA Jam. So uh we're gonna do a show called NBA Jam Sesh. And we were doing it kind of as like a live show slash you know, kind of podcast. And we're going to change the format. We're going to make it more of like a, a 10 to 15 minute web show. Um, so it, it'll be more formatted segmented. Uh, we won't do it live, but it'll be kind of more pleasing visually with cutaways and graphics and, and all that stuff. And instead of, you know, kind of talking like really big picture, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to kind of condense it and, and kind of focus on, you know, a few different things in, uh, hopefully where we could, Kind of get into the nitty gritty of it uh, a little deeper, uh, so I, I think that covers it all. Sometimes I feel like my mind's all over the place. <laughs> I got so much go- stuff going on. I, I you forget. do, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's and as far as like podcasts and stuff, that's you know that's where uh, that stuff's at. You know, and then obviously my main thing that that people know me for is the film sesh uh, mm-hmm. NBA draft prospect breakdowns on on my YouTube channel. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're, so you're, you do the film sesh, yeah. and yeah. you also do. So that film session includes rookies, but it also talks about current NBA players and things like that, too. Right. So every now and then, yeah, every now and then. Right. That's not your most frequent one. But I've seen I've seen a little bit of that. So between both of those, I love your video breakdowns that you do of these. And I remember when I got the mag and it just so happens to be you put out this mag as I was just starting to get into podcasting and analyzing draft prospects and stuff like that, too. And so, I'm, you know, reading through your mags about how you feel about all these different prospects. And I'm like, I'm a Wiseman guy. I'm not that big on Anthony Edwards. I'm not that big on ball. So <laughs> I'm just like, OK, if I can if I can balance at least some of these ideas and I'm thinking a little bit like Corey, I know that I'm doing OK as far as the mag goes. <laughs> right. So what I when I looked at this mag, it was just a beautiful work of art, Corey. And when I, as I'm hearing you tell me about your background and stuff like that, all I can think about is just like, you know, the bright colors that you were talking about. I just close my eyes and picture the mag uh, in, in about your skateboarding influences. And I'm like, a lot of the the things in this mag, I kind of remember of older skateboarding magazines, like going back and looking at those. Right. Because Tony Hawk was big in the you know late 80s, early 90s and continued to go on into the early 2000s. So I'm looking at all of these things in this magazine and it totally correlates with everything that you're telling me on your background, man. And it it's, it's so neat just to see all those influences culminate into a beautiful work of, it's literally art, but it's also informative.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You kept it true to yourself. And that's, that's the important thing. Like I, like when I got it, I was like, yeah, this is the, this is the guy that like I know from the podcast and stuff. So you succeeded like, um, incredibly right there yeah it's, it's it's super that was my draft bible like that was my draft bible because uh the one thing i'll say about corey like if you you know go watch his videos and everything and his analysis which it's crazy we're we're talking about all the art and everything but his we'll get into it his breakdown of players and yes stuff is like it, it <laughs> it's scientific like real world stuff and um he doesn't. He doesn't go for clickbait. You know what I mean. He doesn't just mm-hmm. say somebody's terrible and then hoping he gets you know a million clicks on it, whether the guy is or not. Like it's a genuine assessment of these players, and I I learned to trust it, and uh, it went it went pretty well. So um, yeah, it's really cool. The the magazine was awesome, man. I appreciate it. I got to get my
0: sign next time, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, next look. time, dude. Come
0: on now. Come on. All right, though.
2: look. You let me know. I I got you, and I think you know you guys are into the comic stuff. We'll drop a little hint. It might might be little comic book themed for issue two a little bit okay. might do it might be a little comic book themed but just when
1: i thought it couldn't get <laughs> you go yeah. and do something like my this <laughs> I, I
0: remember
2: that tonight i was like i
1: think i said i think cory might like my backdrop a little bit <laughs> like that was in the back of my brain somewhere
2: yeah i appreciate that guys i mean and you know you it's funny i I never planned on putting a magazine out like I, it yeah, was what never... goes
0: through your head when you're just sitting around one day like you don't yeah, have enough going up. on you're like I'm doing, you know, three different podcasts. I'm doing a couple of <laughs> different video things. You know what I need in my life? I need to just create a magazine. Like, how do you go through that process? Yeah, now?
2: we and we haven't even touched on the thing that probably took up most of my time during the draft process that it's kind of on uh, only people kind of sort of know about. But I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit okay. uh, later. But honestly, I was this draft. The, the past draft process was so long because of the pandemic. and. Mm-hmm. And it kept just getting pushed back further and further. So (laughs) it it got to a point where I was like, I've put in so much time and so much work on these prospects. And, you know, one of the biggest things in in any kind of draft, uh, in any sport, like people want to see your big board. Mm -hmm. That's something that people really get behind. But for me, I was like, I'm not going to release a big board unless I'm confident in kind of, the order in some form or fashion uh, you know, I'm not going to just put something out just to fill the content. Like I need to actually be confident enough and believe in what I'm putting out. So I'm like, well, how am I going to do this? Because it's going to be a tremendous amount of work. You got to really think hard and put work into this and time into it. I don't just want to put it out in like a screenshot of a tweet or like an Excel spreadsheet. And then like a couple of people click on it and then like, Exit out, right? And then it's gone, and you spent all this time on this thing. Uh, and then I was <laughs> all like, all right,
0: <laughs> you know, like that's a great some- way to put it. I feel terrible about the tweets that I've put out into the world. Now <laughs> no, it, look, you don't <laughs> pl- have to I'm feel playing. terrible, I'm, man. I'm playing. Um, I'm playing, I'm playing, brother.
1: Before you're right. Uh, I do NFL power rankings every yeah. week, and I spend, you know, 20 hours a week <laughs> and putting them out. And I'm glad I do it, and I'm happy to do it, and I love the feedback, but that's exactly how I feel. It's like <laughs> my 20 hours is. Fifteen seconds for somebody to look at it, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll keep doing it. But I, you're you're hundred yes. percent.
2: Yeah. Well, and and you know it's important to do stuff like this too. Like I do a lot of stuff that takes me a while that I put out, and then it's like X amount of people see it, but it's not always like how many people see it. But like it might be that person who sees it,
0: the uh, right person. You know, yes. it might be
2: the right person. But so you know, anyway, back to the magazine. Like <laughs> I'm like, all right, so I'm not going to do it in that way maybe I'll do it in a video. You know, I got this YouTube channel. It's doing well, especially with the draft stuff. Um, And then I'm like, "Ah, other people are doing that. And for whatever reason, I like to just put myself through uh, this torturous thing where I have to do stuff a little bit differently. And I'm like, what would be cool? Like, how do I do this where it's not just like a fart in the wind. And also like, it's a little bit different. So I'm on my couch and I'm watching this documentary on this magazine called big brother. Uh, The, the, Documentary is called Dumb, but it's on a magazine called Big Brother. And it's this kind of skateboarding magazine um, that I read as a kid that was kind of like the counterculture skateboarding magazine. It was, you know, like less about like these professional shots and like the. it was more just like DIY pushing the envelope. And eventually that magazine turned into what everybody knows as the Jackass franchise. It was all of those Hmm. guys who had started this this little independent, ridiculous magazine, and so I'm watching it, and I just I'm on my couch, and I'm like, maybe I should do a magazine, (laughs) and then I go, literally
1: did, just (laughs) yeah,
2: and then I go, no, that's crazy, I I don't know how to do a magazine, and then I I just I turn that idea off in my in my brain, and then the next day I'm kind of like maybe I should. And I'm like, but how am I going to do it? So I start really like, all right, like, I I don't want to put a magazine out and not have like enough content that would like, like, I need to fill it up with content. So I started reaching out to some people, seeing if they wanted to, you know, work on this with me. And luckily enough, you know, and it's what's so great about the internet, you build this community up. Mm -hmm. and you have, you make connections with people that are willing to do and help out these crazy,
0: you know, projects that you have in mind. And, uh, and you had there, Rashad Phillips on. He's been on I, our show. He has yeah. a phenomenal interview, man. I, I listened to the episode and, and
2: watched, or I watched it rather. Um, that was a great. Uh, that was a great episode. Uh, Thank you very a, much. Rashad's a great guy. Yeah. So, like, I reached mm-hmm. out to Rashad. I reached out to my guy CP, the franchise from Knicks Fan TV. Mm-hmm. I've reached out to a bunch of people to see if they wanted to maybe contribute as a writer, guys who I respected their draft opinion, um, especially because, and, and this is something that uh, you know Mike Schmidt's kind of taught me. Uh, like there's so much room for everybody, like in my lane, like just cause other people are doing draft stuff. Like I'm not going to be like, push them aside and try to right. like, like I I'm going to win this. Like, I, like I want them to win too. Every, there's enough room for everybody. So I was like, I want them all to contribute. We'll make something really cool. Uh, and then once other people committed and started writing stuff, I was like, all right, well now, like now I have to do it because I got, I got these other people to do this thing. And I researched how to get it printed and all that stuff. And, and eventually it happened. And, and I had, I honestly didn't think anybody was going to buy it now. And it didn't even matter to me. I was Mm -hmm. just like, I want to do this because it's going to be cool. It's different. And if nobody else sees it, I know that like I did it.
0: It's and, your and own I, man. Like yeah. that's your, that's yours. It's yeah, mine. And, we, we totally you know, get it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and I pulled, you know, from all my influences from the skateboarding magazines, from Nickelodeon, from NBA jam, from uh, all of the, the punk rock bands and the the hip hop magazines that I listened, I, I read and like just WWF the magazine growing yeah. up, like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and oh, then, yeah. and then obviously like sports illustrated and, and slam and all the other, like the basketball influences. And I, I, melded it. I made it my own I put it out. And, you know, I, I didn't even know if it, I thought it maybe it's going to be a one-time thing. And, um, it turns out like, you know, it was successful enough that I'm able to do People another want issue. More, dude. We want I'm going to do, an, well, do another issue and, and, uh, it's coming, it's coming fairly, fairly soon.
1: And, and Corey, you tapped into something too, that like, you know, especially anybody really younger than you like to have a physical beautiful magazine like that to flip through rather than a website is is mm-hmm. refreshing like uh you know to me i was like oh this is cool like i remember this you know yeah, we mean?
0: grew up with print still being ex- like a, a yeah. relevant thing but
1: you're introducing something you know to fans and stuff that they can you know like that they can that they can latch onto, and especially right now in these times like you just kind of you just want something to latch on to something literally physical. So I think mm-hmm. it's a, I just think it was genius. Like when you, when, when you said you were going to do it at first, I'm like, well, who, and I'm sure you had the same thoughts. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> we're putting out a a, a paper magazine <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden it clicked and I got it. And then like, when I picked it up, it really brought back all those like years of, you know, that's, of how nostalgia. that's how I yeah. learned about sports. I'm like, I'm an old guy. Like, that's how I learned about athletes. Like, I couldn't watch them on TV every night. We didn't have the league pass. We didn't have NBA TV, and so this is how we learned and built these legends. And then you put that out there. I, I thought I just think it was a really genius move, and I I hope it works out like huge for you. Really, I, I have
0: zero doubt that it's going to blow up. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, have, I don't doubt yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know.
2: Yeah, I I appreciate it. I'm glad that it got a good response. Um, you know, because it was something that you know I put a lot of time, a lot of effort into, but I did it because I know that like if I'm putting something out, it's not like as much as it's for me, it's not for me. Like I Mm -hmm. want other people to actually get value out of it. It's not like a vanity project. Um, you know, it's something that I could feel good about that I accomplished, but it's like, I wanted people to like, like you said, touch it, hold it, open it and be like, ah, this does bring me back a little bit. Or if you're, if it was a younger person who, you know, isn't so much, you know, getting that nostalgic feeling from you know reading it it's a new experience that they could yeah going forward maybe Mm -hmm. that gets them into into print um and and they could be like they could look back at a magazine five years from now and be like oh remember the issue one of the hardwood or you know either way you go looking back or looking forward i wanted at least for it to be something that you could have some kind of like emotional uh connection to and and i think that's what kind of art is supposed to do. And like, you, like you said, merging basketball, which as we mentioned before, is the beautiful game. People compare it to jazz for a reason. Mm-hmm. Basketball is as much art as any, you know, as anything else. So uh, I thought it was uh, once I had the idea in my head, I, you know, I, I thought it was crazy, but I, I couldn't get it out. And, and now here we are, you know, the second issue, it's going to be okay. NBA themed um, uh, before we dropped, you know, our, our draft issue in in a few months, but it's this one's going to be I'm excited about it, um, because when you do something independently, you don't have anybody telling you what to do. There are no rules, <laughs> you know. So so I did one thing for issue one. And now I'm like, you know what? I, again, I get this silly idea. I'm like, what if I do this thing? And I'm it's going to it's going to look a little different, feel a little different. Um, but it's going to be the same vibes uh, ultimately, uh, because it's coming from a lot of you know the same creatives. uh contributing some new some new people writing some new stuff and it's it's gonna the art is gonna be really fun for this one
0: yeah i, I just love here. the idea of coloring outside the lines like even the lines that you not that you really put them on the self but maybe it, when you put out one issue maybe it sets forth like some sort of expectation where issue two comes out we're like okay like we know a little bit about how cory does his thing and like the, from what it sounds like, you're going to be like, nah, y'all think y'all know y'all have no idea. You know, I'm going to color outside of the own lines that y'all put on me. And to me, that's punk rock right there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a great point. It's a, and 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 you're, I mean, you're getting a piece of you. I mean, you're putting yourself into this and that's, that's what somebody's getting. Um, that's awesome, man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And look, I mean, this is just my way of doing it. Right. Like, you know, obviously like we've been, you know, going back and forth for, you know, a while now. And like, you guys do that too, you know, mm-hmm. in, in your own way. Everybody has their own way of, of being creative and, and yep. putting themselves into their product, so uh, into their content, into whatever they're creating. So, you know, that's just my story and my way of doing things. And everybody, I think, has their own. And I think it's cool hearing about how other people, you know, get into the things Absolutely. that they're into, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So, Corey, now that we're we know a little bit about your influences and how you've come about realizing these dreams, you know, this, these machinations that you have in your mind and actually, you know, bearing them to fruition. And like Jeff, you pointed this out earlier. We've talked about so much of the art aspect because I think that's where I lack the most. So that's what is attracted me more to it, oh, which absolutely. is absolutely which is so weird because one would think that I would be drawn more to the analytical side. That's because that's, that's where I am right in my lane, but really it was the opposite effect. So I want to kind of get your idea when you evaluate these, these draft prospects, what skills do you look for in a player that you think is going to translate from a college game or an international game to the pros?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it, it kind of depends on the prospect and the tier of the prospects in. Uh, you know, if if you're talking about a guy who's a top three pick, I need to see some of the same qualities in that player that matches up with the direction that the game is going and people that are kind of having success already doing similar things. Uh, if I'm looking at guys maybe in the middle of a draft, I'm I don't care if they average 20 points a game in college because mm-hmm. they may not have that same role in the pros. So, okay, you scored 20 points a game in college. Um, Are you going to be able to shoot spot-up jumpers and be okay with it? Are you going to be able to just defend? Do you need the ball in your hands? You had the ball in your hands in college, but it might not be that way. So can you adjust? And I think if you have a game that kind of matches that, then I could feel confident that that's where I can slot you. And then, you know, it depends. Like at at the end of the draft, it's like, you got two different kind of profiles. You have that older player who is just going to be solid and contribute right away. And mm-hmm. like, if maybe if you're one of the better teams, that's kind of the, the move that you're going for, or it could be that it's the player who's really raw with a lot of athletic tools, but doesn't yet know how to play the game. And maybe you're just taking a shot in the dark. So it really depends at what part of the draft. Um, but I'm just looking for things that are translatable to the NBA. And I think one of the things that helps me in that is that I really don't like college basketball. Like, yeah. I, you know, I don't really watch it live. Uh, I'm an NBA guy. I like NBA. I like pro hoops. So mm-hmm. when I watch college games, I really don't care about the storyline. I don't care about the rivalry <laughs> of the school. Like the only school I really have any kind of affinity towards is either St. John's because most of my family went there. It was like some of the first basketball games I went to live and it's like nostalgic uh, sure. Or Vi- or Villanova because I went to Villanova basketball camp growing up every summer. Uh, otherwise i don't really have like an affinity towards schools um storylines conferences like it is what it is Mm -hmm. and it makes it easy for me to just look at a player and be like you know other people might be like this player is killing it he's gonna they're gonna be this great prospect and then i look at it and i'm like well he doesn't look like the nba players that i see in my head Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes and sometimes like they don't need to like sometimes they're one of ones and and there's nobody to match them up with. But in that case, I, st- I still want to see like, all right, well, what is their primary position? Are they a ball handler? Are they going to be able to guard out on the perimeter? Can they, you know, how do they read the game? How do they process? There- so there's a lot that goes in. And um, I-, I think it differs for each prospect and-, and where I think they should be slotted. But I, I try to keep it a- to as much of a, What is this player going to be in the NBA? That's kind of the first thing I look for. Like, like, do they have NBA skills, and and are they okay with the skills that they have, or do the you know that that, that's kind of how I, I attack it to just to start.
1: I got to tell you, Corey, you answered about four follow-up questions. That, I had. <laughs> <laughs> that was like I'm serious. I had all those questions. You nailed it because I'm the same way. Like you can't get caught up in March Madness. You can't get caught up in the the name on the jersey, especially in basketball when there's so many one and duns and two and duns. Uh, but you you caught all that and uh, just you know. A little bit every time you say St. John's, it hurts me a little bit because uh, St. John's and Malik Sealy oh, broke my heart uh, one year <laughs> in the tournament when we had a really, really good team at Ohio State. <laughs> so, but I also miss them, I miss the Big East. We won't, we won't yeah. get into that. So, like, you touched on about all eight questions. <laughs>
0: it's, it's like he's done this before or something, yeah. right? Jen? Real
1: quick, I just want to like. I want to ask you real quick about as far as like evaluating I, when I look at a player, I'm not, I'm not a basketball genius, but when I look at a player, I, I want to know what he can do without the ball in his hands. Like that always goes, because when you get to the NBA, you're going to have a strong point guard or a, or point forward or whatever, bring up the a ball. playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do when you don't have the ball in your hands? And that's when I look on a court, like, are you standing around? Are you hustling? Are you making it easier on the other guys? And you kind of touched on that a little bit, but um, that's, that's, that's awesome, man.
2: Yeah, I think that's important like you said. You look at look, if you go to the Lakers and you're, you know, <laughs> a primary ball handler in college, guess what? You're no longer a primary ball handler. So exactly. <laughs> can you hit shots and spot up? Do you know how to like you said move off ball? Can you cut? Are you going to do the dirty work? Are you going to set screens? Um are, you know all of those things. And cuz the NBA is the best of the best. You know, and and the role that you play you might be playing with a guy who plays your position because teams, you know, maybe they, their philosophy is draft best player available. Yeah. Well, well, what are you going to do? Like, look at Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba went sixth in the draft and he's stuck behind Nick Vucevic. man. Like, so what are you going to do? That's different. You know, you, you you grow up, you, you, you're this highly touted prospect. You're on ball as life. And, the slam covers as high school kids. <laughs> You're getting your AAU games broadcasted on ESPN now. Like, uh, in when I was a kid, you if you were in high school, you got your game broadcasted on TV. If you were LeBron James, yeah, <laughs> like you know, or yep. if you were a McDonald's All American. Now I even mean, that
0: kind of broke the mold. Like LeBron James yeah, for getting sure. all of his games. It was something brand new like that. We didn't oh, yeah. really see a lot.
1: In Ohio, yeah. we saw a few more than everybody else, but yeah, it was still. It was still <laughs> right. I mean, it was it, was, it yeah. was a
2: big deal? Like he's going to be on tonight, like on whatever you know. So he yeah, is, you I got agree. You. I will quickly touch on because you're from Ohio, oh, so you have you have uh, the Le- the LeBron connection a little bit. I mentioned that I you know I went to the Villanova basketball camp. My coach there. He was kind of like our travel AAU type coach for, for the summers. Um, he coached Amityville high school, won like five state championships, coached a bunch of pros, um, coached a guy named Jason Frazier and his Amityville team, who was one of four teams to beat, uh, LeBron James while he was in high school. Um, so, uh, that's that's just a quick little uh, you know aside for from a New York yeah. to a to Ohio. It
1: was wild. It was a big deal. My sons' my sons' football team in high school played uh, St. Vincent St. Mary in the in the playoffs one year, and everybody's like, "You think LeBron will come?" You think LeBron? <laughs> and he actually tweeted out like sometime that week, like "Good luck to the team," and I was like, yeah. "I'll take it." Like I'll take yeah, it's close was, some yeah.
0: sort of recognition and,
1: and the the school that I graduated from they won the state championship they beat they beat them on the way to the state championship John Glenn High School won the state mm-hmm. championship a couple years ago and they beat uh, St. Vincent St. Mary on the way so there's like it's not as the connections pretty close but yeah lebron's near and dear to our heart for sure
0: (laughs) there you go well hey hey Corey. so i got an idea and i'm kind of putting you on the spot here we only got a couple minutes left before we got to close out for dash radio but we do have a couple questions that we had in our notes that i'd still love to ask you so if you're game for it what i'd like to do is wrap up right here and just get these last like two three questions that we have for exclusively for our podcast if you're game for that let's
2: do it yeah for sure
0: all right well so I'm sorry to break it to your hearts if you're listening to us on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. First off, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. Shout out to Jeff Hunt for being uh, our substitute co-host. Uh, He's very nice to everybody like he promised earlier. Uh, he he did what he was supposed to do. And uh, Corey, as always, thank you so much for coming on. We got to get you back on here again, man. Please don't be a stranger for the show. Absolutely. righty. And uh, just want to remind everyone, please go to OffTheBallNetwork.com, which is where Jeff and I both contribute, both via podcast and written work as well. Please go to OffTheBallNetwork.com for all of your sports needs. And just real quick, want to remind everybody that you can get a 20% off and free shipping and handling with the code BTG at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code BTG. Unlock your confidence and, as always, use the right tools, for the job with Manscape. All right, so we're going to go ahead and sign out here for the podcast. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, viewers and listeners. Just want to say on behalf of Breaking the Game, the Nothing Manette channel here on Dash Radio for the game of basketball at large. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Okay, now we'll continue on with the pod there. To do, <laughs> not, you know how it is when you got to edit. A good and outro. All that stuff. It's a good outro. Appreciate we'll, it. Uh, I appreciate it. So, Corey, we'll continue on. If everyone listening here on the podcast, thank you for hanging around. I promise we're not going to keep anyone much, much longer, but I, I got to know some of this other stuff, man. So oh, yeah,
1: you don't want to miss this stuff.
0: <laughs> right. So, um, we just talked about what do you think makes a player successful going pro. Now I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the game currently. I want to know what's been your biggest surprise of, albeit it's still about a little more than halfway done for the NBA season, what's kind of been surprising for you this year in the NBA? And I know that's a that's a, obviously a shotgun blast of a question. There's a couple different ways you <laughs> can go. But just you as a fan and a lover of the game, man, what's been kind of surprising to you this year for basketball?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an easy one for me. I, the Knicks are, I think, I'm um, – shocked by uh, like i said i'm a new yorker through and through all of my friends my family are all knicks fans i do a lot of stuff with you know knicks content creators um you know the the president himself chris included um so (laughs) like the knicks
0: (laughs) i've never heard (laughs) this this is news to jeff and i you know
2: so um breaking the game i look i part of me is not shocked because as a Bulls fan I watched Tom Thibodeau win a bunch of games that he had no business winning so that like it it makes sense but there's been so much bad and just like it's just bad energy with the Knicks for so long Mm -hmm. where like the fans are so passionate but it's just like I don't know there's no hope like when there is it's like "Mm," you know just Mm -hmm. like it's there and, and it's in droves but you know, they're like a laugh. They've been a laughing stock. You know, you got Dolan, you got all of the losing in the biggest market. You got missing out on all the free agents. You got how they handle, you know, mellow, you know, the bad contracts that they've handed out and the bad luck with injuries Amari, Allen Houston. So like when they have a positive season, it's just strange, um, you know, because it's been far, you know, few and far between, you know, you had a couple of really good mellow years uh you know you had uh linsanity was linsanity
0: a big thing right
2: linsanity was you know uh, that was it,
1: fans are so tired of hearing about linsanity I, <laughs> that, uh, was, it, that was an amazing run and i remember i watched the when miami decided like okay we've had enough i was in vegas that night and won money on it because i was like now lebron <laughs> and wade like are done with this, like, yeah. this cute is story time. bro yeah, yeah, this is their time. They they tortured that young man. I listened to an interview with him the other day and he even admitted it. He's like they were
2: taking turns on punishing me that night. So it, it it seems like something like like the story you'd see on Disney Plus. It doesn't even seem like it's a real thing. <laughs> it's, <impossible. laughs> it's like the Mighty Ducks, you know? Yes. Like uh but <laughs> so the Knicks, the Knicks are shocking, man. Uh I I mean, I think they had a good draft. I still believe in Obi Top in long term. It's definitely Me too. A, it's definitely a bit weird now because Julius Randall turned into this fantastic nobody player.
1: Could see Randle doing this.
2: No, nobody did. Nobody's and called and, and I obviously, if they had foreseen that, I think they'd have gone a, in a different direction with their first pick. Um, so now like the future in New York, it's a little murkier because he's a kind of more of a one-position player, and Randall, you know, is obviously cemented himself as an all-star but quickly uh I like to quickly pick Marked in the quickly, moment yes um mm-hmm. so but uh, if you
1: go one for two in a draft that's a that's a huge success absolutely Even, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying by any means I'm not saying Toppin's like I'm not saying he can't play but I'm saying right. if if you get one guy that helps you in a draft out of two that's giant and then Toppin will probably be a better player for it
0: he's a yeah, big dude it takes him a little bit longer to get right, more accustomed to the it game it really
1: is working out it, it's really working out perfectly for and,
0: and I, I
2: will say like Tom Thibodeau doesn't just play guys f- that he doesn't want to play. He needs mm-hmm. he if he sees something in you, he'll play you. And the, you know, look, Jimmy Butler's rookie year. And wow. granted, different situation. He was picked thirty. Obi Toppin yep. was pick eight, but he averaged eight minutes a game, two points, you know, two points yep. a game, and it it took time. Um, and he was similarly playing behind an all star in the wall dang. Yep. You know, and you yes. had and he eventually started playing more and more and more, and eventually it was like boom, Jimmy Butler's on the map. Um, so patience is not a bad thing with, with some of these draft picks. And I understand when you're picking in the top 10, you don't always want to be patient, but sometimes you have to, because of circumstance. And if all these picking yeah. things up from Julius Randall and his story of, you know, yep. he was this highly touted pick too, who didn't find his way until 2021, yep. then, then he'll be better for it in the long run. Um, right. and I think he has that kind of mentality and, and playing for Thibodeau, he'll teach him and, and. Definitely get the most out of him, and I always like Thibodeau with these kind of guys who are considered like the one way players Randall, Carlos Boozer. Like, he'll find yep. a way to make Obi Toppin
0: into a player. I and Kyle Corver was tolerable on defense. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah,
1: the There's years like me and Corey know, like they were a little frustrating because I think there is something to it, the way he wore the guys down for but sure. What he, what he got out of you know, Butler and Taj, Taj <laughs> or, Gibson. You know, I mean, Yokem Noah. Like you, there's no way that that happens in any other spot. Like it was just, a, it was an amazing run they had. Nate Robinson,
2: John Lucas. I, it was amazing. <laughs> it's on. Yeah, Kirk Heinrich played like 53 minutes in a playoff game. My uh, guy
0: he, Ronnie Brewer on this. Ronnie team,
2: Brewer, too. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And
1: if it, you know, if not for the Heat team, we know. But I remember Jimmy Butler, young Jimmy Butler, torturing LeBron. Like LeBron, LeBron had like LeBron, hated playing him. I remember the first Mello, game too. Yep. Yeah. I remember the first game of, uh, it was probably like what, 12 or 13 when bulls took the first game of the series, we knew they weren't winning the series, yeah, right. <laughs> but still like they took that first game, because it was an important was game bug the heck out of them. It, um, so I, I hope that he's learned a little bit. And so he doesn't do that to this Knicks team and he gets the you know, the most out of them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been fun to watch. I'm glad it's working out
2: for him. Yeah. I'm happy. You know, I, I, I I, all my like I said, all my friends and my family are, are Knicks fans, so I don't want to upset and sad. You know, like yeah, <laughs> you're the
1: only Bulls fan. At the, um, couch coach, coach come on
0: now,
2: Couch Coach. Couch coach Lodge yeah. Lodge yeah. yeah, we actually did the
1: we actually did the Bulls podcast last year. Yeah,
0: and it's crazy because like you mentioned, Corey, we have so many Knicks fans on our on our network now, and they're I different. I've heard about Knicks fans. Yeah, but it's different. one thing to hear about them than it is to experience them. Yeah. And, I mean it's crazy, Julius, it's crazy how Julius it's crazy how Julius Randle went from being last season the most <laughs> hated Knicks player <laughs> probably ever to <laughs> now he's their favorite now they're like he's an MVP put him as an MVP yeah, yeah Awesome.
1: like I said that's coming from a high state fan like we're nuts and like they're they're When it comes to NBA basketball, they're they're on a different level. I have no
2: idea. They're a passionate bunch, and and (laughs) as 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 an as an impartial member of the New York community, I will say, like, look, the Nets have three superstars. You Mm -hmm. know, three guys who have are at the top of their game. Probably, you know, one of the few favorites for the title. They're they're not the Knicks in New York. They just aren't. They just aren't. Um, They're just so. You know they're they're a team that plays in New York. They're yeah. they're not a they're not a New York team. Um, that's not, not how New people York, feel yeah. about them. You know, they're so it. The Knicks are a culture. Oh, um, without as far as basketball goes in New York,
1: and and I kind of miss it. Like I grew up through the years when they were really good, and I I absolutely despise them. I still to this day can't stand the sight of John Starks as a. Yeah. Bull- <laughs>
2: when, oh my God, <laughs> but, when he was on the bull, that was it, like, it's, I
1: I can't even. I'm like, okay, he had one dunk yeah, right. like, <laughs> yeah right. compared to six championships but you know <laughs> anthony mason you know it's six eight like oh he's the best power forward like ever like well no i just read a story about a Corey, about like why people can't get past 90s basketball and i was like no i watched it like it was a great time but it's it's totally different yeah but, um, it's a different thing then, but then it I it was
0: WWF compared to WWE now. Exactly. Like, that's I've, that's I've learned
1: to miss the Knicks though because that was even the Knicks Miami, the Knicks uh Acer's. Old, the Knicks Acer series were great. All that time was Detroit. Right. I want them to be yeah. I want them to be good enough that I start rooting against them again. That's how yeah. good I want them. Like Lynn Sanity, I was like, I, this needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that's good for the sport. It's good for the sport. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: They, they have a powerful fan base and they invoke so many emotions on non Nick fans as well. So <laughs> it's good for the game of basketball. Right. So, Corey, your biggest surprise, the New York Knicks. I I think that a lot of people would echo that same sentiment. But pro- there's probably New York fans that are like, we knew it, you know, like it was yeah. going to happen eventually. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So,
1: no doubt. They lose. Then it's like I knew it. <laughs>
0: Yep, see, I, knew, so you I told you. Fire tips. No, anyway, I'm I'm not going to go down this route. I'm not going to go down this route. Um, Corey, who are your favorites to match up in the finals this year? And then ultimately, who do you think walks away the champion?
2: Uh, well, hopefully for my wallet's sake, it's the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but because uh, I got them at like plus <laughs> okay. seven hundred before the nice. season started. Um, but uh, it's really tough. I I think the Lakers are going to come out of the West. Uh, mm-hmm. until proven otherwise i mean lebron is still lebron obviously weird year anthony davis is hurt uh yep. you know who knows what their health will look like uh so i but i'll stick with them i think they're the where the money would be at uh i just can't, the the nets are good man they yeah. they got three guys that I, they mesh well together because kd is as as you know Say what you want about him—the burner, the you know how how emotional he could be on the internet yeah. and whatnot. He is a superstar, unlike most, because he could be for six minutes just kind of being the Chris Bosh of that big three, and yep. then out of nowhere he's the LeBron. Wow, and that's a great could, way to put it, man. And, and you, know, you nailed it. And he could be—he's just like uh, he could—he's can—he uh, he just do whatever he wants, you know, uh, on the court, and and he's selfless enough to do to take a backseat knowing that like Kyrie might want a big shot. Harden's going to want to take the ball and, and run point guard and yep. he's cool with just kind of playing on the sideline, but when it's go time, give him the rock and there is nobody better at getting the shot. Um, so I, you know, like, I understand the defensive concerns. We'll see what happens, you know, with the buyout market um, because certainly, you know, you would hope that you have a big man, especially if you are going to have to deal with Anthony Davis at some point, And you yep. really don't want, Kevin Durant on, you know, coming off an Achilles injury to have to deal with that by himself. Uh, but I, I just think that they have overwhelming talent. And I, yeah, I could see Philly giving them issues uh, yep. if Embiid's healthy for sure. Uh, I think Philly is going to give, they would give the Lakers issues as well. I think if, you know, looking at them from a Lakers perspective, there's probably nobody you want to guard LeBron more than Ben Simmons, and and there's nobody who's gonna probably <laughs> keep AD in check more than Joel Embiid, right? So I, I think that would be interesting and and if embiid is definitely gonna be overwhelming for Brooklyn if if that matchup happens. But at the end of the day, Harden Kyrie Durant is has a lot to to game plan for.
1: <laughs> could, I ask, could I ask a couple of real quick questions, Stephen, if you don't mind? That's yeah. Says, I got my man on here. First
2: of all, <laughs> Corey, like
1: I, I really do. You're an excellent Italian talent evaluator. Appreciate so, that. as at this point in the season, which what rookie do you feel like personally mm. you were mm. most right about? Like right about. it doesn't matter whether you had him picked at 12 or 13 or one. Who do you look? Who do you watch? And you're like just just like just you just gloat. You're like I knew it. I knew it. Huh. I knew it. I knew it. Somebody's got to stand out. Oh, I got, I
0: got one. I got one. The rookie I feel most <laughs> right about,
1: Oh, man. Uh, I guess it could be negative too. Like just, just whether which you, yeah, one makes
0: you right. feel like a proud dad? Yeah, you're, you're like <laughs> I knew it. I don't know if I. Uh,
2: let's see. I'm trying to think. I, I got. I got. A, I'd have to pull up the list to to look. I, I mean, I think I'm. I think I feel confident about Wiseman. Uh, yeah. Okay. I like Wiseman. A you lot. know, a lot yeah. of
1: people. A lot of people were like, no, this isn't. Going
2: to you work. know i i think one of the things um you know i had him first which was definitely controversial um but i, you I helped you I helped wrote, me <laughs> feel confident in i, my I
1: actually did too and then i i i've been saying it and i'm like i gotta be wrong about this and then finally Corey said it and i'm like okay i might not be wrong about that's this. all i
0: need yeah and, and
2: <laughs> I <wrote it> <laughs> um one of the, my big things was that like i think Wiseman is a better prospect than onyeka Okungwu. and, and you know, oh Okung-woo. hands down and and akungwu was getting all of like the kind of like draft nerdy hype bam out of bio bam 2. right 2. and and i was just like it, that, that's a hard uh, he, he he could not be bam out of bio because he's you know he doesn't there like bam's bam was not bam so when he came cool. in but, but even then like i was i, I got it like I wasn't like on Twitter um, talking about the draft in his draft, but like I was on like the real GM message board. So I got like the post, like bam was my guy for the bulls that year. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, I thought that they were going to be drafting not at number seven. Cause I didn't think they were going to trade Jimmy Butler, but bam and, and <laughs> was my guy that year. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to pair bam with Jimmy uh that, that was okay, eventually <laughs> yeah eventually it, it happened that
1: offseason was a kick in the Chucky's it sure what, was.
2: <laughs> it just everything fell apart for me I'm like what is happening right now I, just, I was like there's no way whatever it happened okay, I'm yep. past Zach Levine's <laughs> right. awesome Zach right. Levine's he's awesome so
1: um there's a big surprise for me that he's probably my biggest surprise this year I'm like I didn't know that this kid had that next step um yeah really happy Helps yeah.
2: when you ha- helps when you have a competent coach, huh?
1: It's amazing, right?
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it does um, a lot for you.
2: But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I just thought Wiseman like sometimes you just you could just see things. I, you know, a lot of what I go on like I'm, I'm a numbers guy for sure. Like I don't want to act too. like I'm not looking at at advanced stats and, and oh really stuff like that. I'm not going to act like I'm not doing that. I absolutely am. But I'm a big believer in the fact that like you have to give those stats context. You have to mm-hmm. watch the games and there are certain things, especially defensive stats and, and especially in college, like there's like, you're playing so much, so much, uh, different talent levels. You're, wow. you know, the conferences are different. It's, it's so hard it, to compare college stats in advance. And advances. so I, I think I was just a big believer in the eye test. And with Wiseman, yeah. as soon as I saw him, I was like, you know what? Like this kid moves
0: crazy he's, for he's a guy, his ba- guy. He was Chris Bosch to me when I watched Yeah, him, like,
2: but he's, like stronger than Chris Bosh, right? Yeah, like, he was and like defensive-minded, and that I doesn't
1: mean Garnett, that he's going, like when when I saw the size, athleticism, Kevin Garnett, Patrick Ewing, kind
2: of well, is yeah, like just, this- well the fluidity of it is yeah. what you're just like wow like he he's got like these things and now there obviously there were weaknesses like that's why there was no consensus um in mm-hmm. this draft and and going the opposite direction I was definitely skeptical about Lamelo I had him third so it's not <laughs> it's know. not like I was off the you the were hard you. Had him third and, you know. And and I also uh, wrote about in the magazine why the Charlotte Hornets would be the best landing spot for yep. him. Yep. So I wasn't like totally off. I I, but um, I was skeptical because you know I saw a lot of weird stuff in Australia where I was like, man, that ain't gonna fly at the next level. And to his credit, he has completely worked on all of those things, and yep. now he looks like the future kind of all star superstar all NBA guy. Uh, potential MVP that one day you could foresee leading a franchise deep into a, yeah. pl- you know, in the playoffs. Uh, and that's all the, league. yeah, I mean, that's all credit to him because uh, you know, he always had that special ability. You know, there are guys that play basketball and there are guys that hoop. He's and got he, a little and that he
1: hoops. to me. He's got a little of that Jason kid to him to where I'm like, I didn't see that. Like it, it's, it's, I don't know how, like, to explain it, you guys, you know, we both love – we all love basketball. Corey's talked about it. It's it's almost like you're born with this gift that you see the court different. Yes. It doesn't make any sense to me. It made more sense like when, when guys like literally learned how to play basketball on the blacktop, you know. Now <laughs> yeah. it's pretty much AAU and stuff that now yeah. the shooting and everything is way better. Like there's a ton of things that are better. But he's got this like this sense that I didn't know if young players still had just because they've been coached from – minute one and um it just there's a feel to him that's it's been really it's been cool to watch
2: it's innate but that's part of like like you said like aau everything is structured it's like uh you play everybody plays this certain way and he was so non-traditional with the way he grew up and his play style and from high school to lithuania to australia to now the pros that like he developed, he looks like you said, like he's on the blacktop. He looks like a pickup player yeah, in the best way possible. Right. It it could have gone the opposite direction. You know, I always said like he could be like the Trey young Luca hybrid, Yep. Or he could be Jamal Crawford and Jason Williams. And he
0: has been, <laughs>
2: he has been, he has been. The, I love the, Jason
0: Williams so much. I love so him was, too. I yeah, love but, Jamal but Crawford.
2: Jamal Crawford's one of my favorite players of all time. I, he oh, played man. for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. I used to stay up. Like I said, I'm from New York. Uh Before League Pass was around, I have to, you know, I used to, the only time I got to watch the Bulls was on, uh, you know MSG Network for the yep. with the Knicks or the Yes Network for the Nets, and like I would literally just want to watch Jamal Crawford, and yeah. so like I love like I love Jason Williams, I love yep. Jamal Crawford, two of my favorite players to watch ever, the best highlight tapes ever. But there was a reason that they had the careers <laughs> that they did, and they were, they were long, they were successful in the grand scheme of things, but it they didn't necessarily fulfill. The potential that they had as an as difference makers. Yeah, and they were top was,
0: shelf. Yeah, and that
2: was a potential outcome for Lamelo, and he has gone the other way, and now he looks like he's be Luca, and and that's something that was an outcome for him, and that's why I couldn't drop him that far. No matter you know, I watched every single game, I did two breakdowns on him, yep. and the way I saw it, I was like, he has the potential to be this guy that you can't game plan for because he's going to see things that you don't. um or he's got this potential to be like a guy that's going to be just good enough to not get you to the next step because he he needs the ball. Um, so he's to his credit, he looks like the the first guy, and and that's awesome. That, so real, I, I love it. Real,
1: real quick question, because me and you are kind of on the same page of like I don't put a lot in college basketball. I love to watch the tournament, and I'm mm-hmm. I, I, won't, I as as a game I can watch it, but like I don't put a ton of stock in it. Do, where do you see? What would you recommend a high school player right now? Would you recommend he goes and plays overseas for a year, or would you recommend he goes to Duke?
0: Hang on. Is, is, did I miss something? Is Duke that, in the tournament this year? Team, I'm sorry, a better yeah. team. Than high state. Like Arkansas? <laughs> uh, Arkansas is the three seed right now. I just want to point that out.
1: Okay, or Arkansas. Arkansas or, or, or Australia, Corey?
2: <laughs> um, well, it's working out for Moses Moody. Uh, but. Yes you know what to me from the, I, I just finished watching my Jalen green and Jonathan Kaminga film.
0: I uh, love the film that you've been putting and, out in the highlights and, and the breakdown. And, yeah. And, and I, I had,
2: I had a, I've already, I already knew their game pretty well. I, I mm-hmm. did a, a breakdown for uh Jalen green for preseason of his FIBA play and his high school AAU stuff. Um, You know, one of the things I didn't really mention, like I I do video editing and post-production for the ESPN virtual film sessions with Mike Schmitz. So like I get... That's all. Um I get like kind of, I get a little bit more footage than, than what we see. So I had like right. a lot of G League stuff and a lot of like practice footage and stuff. So I was familiar with their games, but you don't know if the new G League Ignite team is going to work until you see the games. And They're so fun, man and they're really fun and and it's worked like all four of those guys got a lot of value and and to me that's the move if you're like an, a, an elite prospect one you get paid yep. i mean you know, the elite prospects get paid by the colleges too, but you legally get paid. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you I don't get a, what you, mean. you yeah. don't that you don't funny. get a duffel you don't get a duffel bag. You get uh you get don't the direct get deposit. <laughs> um so uh <laughs> I think the G League program is amazing and I think that I would really consider that and I think it's a response to the guys going to like Australia and overseas. It's them. the future, right? It's um future. because you're you're learning how to play the NBA game. You know, you're learning how to play NBA defense. You're learning how to make NBA reads. You're learning how to deal with NBA athletes and NBA speed. And like, it could be intimidating if you're a prospect that isn't ready for that step, because it's definitely significantly better than college. As far as the talent you're playing level. with
0: people who have actually played in the NBA, like we were talking right. about Lynn sanity, Jeremy Lynn is in the, is yeah. in the G league. And yeah, the,
1: the, And you're playing with dudes who like, aren't worried about their coat. Like, having to fake <laughs> suspend you or something like <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with, you know, they're, they're young, but they're growing. Like, yeah. The job and, trying to keep, trying to keep a paycheck coming in. That's mm-hmm. a whole different animal.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and you're playing with on your team. There's a lot of veteran NBA veterans who had yeah. really long careers that, um, you can learn from immediately. Yep. Uh, and you're getting kind of like NBA feedback, NBA coaching and you're getting, yeah. you know, uh, you kind of have a clearer path to like, for if you're an NBA franchise and you're thinking about drafting one of these kids, it's a little bit easier to get like really good feedback from, from the program. So to me, direct
0: I, scout access. That's
2: yeah, what I take away
0: from yeah, it. A lot, know, yeah. Without
1: a doubt, the future of the league.
2: Yeah. I, I think that <laughs> eventually there's going to be more than one team. Um, Cause I think a lot of these kids are going to try to, are going to want to go in that direction. Uh, and I think it's going to force, college basketball, the NCAA to rethink their business model because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I did my I did my my master's uh, dissertation on why the NCAA is corrupt. So uh, I'm not a not a huge fan uh, of, of the way that I. they handle handle there's that
0: there's nothing to support there. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. to <support> there. <laughs> so uh
2: you I think you get it's a gonna... free
0: education.
2: Go go on yeah, somewhere oh, great. with that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> go on
0: somewhere with that. Um,
2: so yeah so I, I think that that's the route that you're going to see a lot of kids going. And I think that it's not going to always go as smooth as it went for this circumstance. You know, there are going to be guys who struggle with it for Mm -hmm. sure. And maybe, and maybe it hurts their stock a little bit, but you know, you see the different like LaMelo, it, it, it didn't hurt his stock. He was a top three pick, Yep. but, but RJ Hampton went to Australia and he got picked in the twenties. And he's a kid that if he went to college, he probably is at yeah. the least a lottery pick. So, you know, no I'm matter still what
0: high on him, by the way, I, yeah, I still think Hampton's got some game in the, he's pros. got,
2: he's got some, uh, ath- he's athletic boy. Like yes. Chippy, and he's, he's in a good program <laughs> in Denver there where he could be brought along slowly yeah. and develop and, and mm-hmm. play with a guy like Jokic who makes literally everybody better Yes, sir. So, uh, oh yeah, it, no, there's no route that is guaranteed for any prospect. I think you have to look inward and, and do a little bit of self-reflection as a prospect and, and s- kind of find the best situation for you. Cause you don't have to go to a Duke, you know, you could be Steph Curry and go to Davidson. Um, you right. know, or you could be Jalen green and Jonathan Kaminga and go to the G league ignite. You could be RJ <laughs> Hampton and Lamello and go to Australia. You have all these routes. You could be Brandon Jennings and, and, you know, go overseas. Um, you know, when he you went overseas Doncic
0: and be, you know, Spain MVP, out of yeah, well. just, <laughs> but that's it's a little like, harder, but, yeah. but
1: I think what's important is that the more options, the, the better that's yes. that's what's important is like you you got to get the control out of the hands of like like i remember the famous story uh when my <laughs> when michael beasley went to kansas state to play oh, for, oh, goodness. Yeah. the first time he ever stepped on campus was his first day of school <laughs> and then you got to get and as soon as the tournament was over was he was gone i'm like that yeah we got to get the one and done thing has to be gone like that's just i I don't want to have a whole podcast about it but that part's just got to go it's ridiculous it's just
2: it's a charade charade, right like these guys aren't student they're not student athletes so why even pretend that they they don't even
1: have to really go to school especially basketball because of the way it's set up like it's they, they literally just have to show up and you know, play the season and then leave. Nothing else matters. It's, it's ridiculous. The only people it makes money for is the, you know, networks announcers. Anyway, we know, we know all that. (laughs) Basically, basically the point is the more options, the better. And you can start, I think you, you're, you're helping talent that might've got lost in the shuffle and Mm -hmm. you're weeding out talent. It's, it's sad that these guys lose money, but it weeds out talent that. You know, you might, it might've cost you $30 million to find out that the guy couldn't play, you Mm -hmm. know? So it, it benefits everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah, creating more fair options—that's what it's about. But Corey, man, I just now—now now we're officially going to say goodbye um, <laughs> for, for the time being, or see you later rather. Yeah, but, see um, you later. Yeah. So thank you so much, man, for for agreeing to come on to the show. Like I told you offline earlier, like I felt like we had to have worked together somewhere down the line before this, and I just think it—it was—it was past time, you know. Like we. One hundred percent felt like we should have linked up way sooner, but I'm finally glad we we'd be happier
1: to be a substitute teacher. Seriously, man, (laughs) I I love your content. Like you're, you're kind of my guru when it comes to like filling me in on these guys and stuff. And just, uh, tell Larry, I said, hi, because uh, absolutely, I, I really, really, you guys do some great work and I know big things are coming and I can't wait for the next magazine.
2: I appreciate that guys. And likewise, um, you know, I'm, I'm tuning in, uh, you know, I see you guys go live. I'm, I'm popping it up for sure. Uh, and uh, I'm happy that we finally got to to do this for real instead of you know just going back and forth on uh, on Twitter and whatnot. So uh, this has been a lot of fun. And again, I appreciate you guys having me.
0: Absolutely, All right, man. Well, you're you're a real one, man. You're a true Jim. and can't wait to link up with you down the line. And we'll be I'll be creeping on your timeline. <laughs> All right, brother. You have a good one. We'll talk soon. All right. As to you guys. All right.
2: Thank mm-hmm. you.